Join me today for an action-packed episode of Locked on Fantasy Baseball, where I review the 2023 season for the Washington Nationals. You are Locked on Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino. You can find me on Twitter at DomMartinoFB. I'm here without my brother, my partner in crime, Matthew Wane. Today, he's got the night off, but don't worry. As I said, we have an action-packed episode for you today. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that little bell below. It subscribes to the channel. Also gives you notification every time we drop a new episode. And if you're listening on a platform like Apple or Spotify, that has five-star ratings and reviews. Guess what? If you do that for us, you get a little chance to win a prize here. Uh, if you do, leave us a five-star rating review on Apple or Spotify. Screenshot it. Send it to fantasymds at gmail.com. Or if it's easier for you, just DM to us on twitter or instagram so guys as i mentioned we got a fully loaded episode for you today let us be your team secret weapon as we go over the season for the washington nationals so nationals obviously didn't have a great year you know but i feel like they did well with getting some of those young players out there and you know some of them had a good year we'll cover those you know some people didn't have a great year and we will also talk about those nationals finished in last place in the nl east with a record of 71 in 91 but let's talk let's try to get things on a high note here let's start off the show the right way right let's talk about cj abrams the one of the biggest bright spots if not the biggest bright spot in the nationals lineup this year the 6 291 pound lefty that is 23 years old had a pretty pretty strong season and guess what he just turned 23 on october 3rd so happy belated to cj abrams but let's talk about those statistics in pretty much his first full year 151 games for Abrams, 563 at-bats, had 83 runs, 28 doubles, 6 triples, 18 homers, 64 RBIs, 47 steals with a 245 batting average. So pretty much helped you out in four categories. I mean, the RBIs and home runs aren't above average, but, you know, I would say they're right around average, maybe a, a, a smidge above average. The 245 batting average is where he was hurting you, but those 83 runs and 47 steals sure are nice. Now, he let off for, you know, a great portion of the year, mainly towards the end of the season there for Abrams. So that's why those runs were high. I kind of really like his aspirations. Abrams is a former top prospect. And he's had some pretty good seasons in the minors, especially when we're talking about from that batting average department in 2019 as an 18-year-old, 393, 296 in 2021 as a 20-year-old. I guess he took the, the 2020 uh, season off. Then in 2022, he had 38 games played, 171 at-bats. 
uh, and that 310 batting average in those years. He chipped in some steals, 15, 13, 14. He's not really a power guy, but I like the prospects of him potentially putting on a little bit of muscle, showing that power. Um, then, you know, maybe if he can get to like 25 plus home runs right on that 50 steal margin. The batting average is where I truly think Abrams can improve, though, because if he can get that batting average up to like a 270, 275, uh, he's going to be very, very um, strong pick for next year. Let's talk about where I have Abrams ranked. To be honest with you guys, I might be a little bit bullish or too high on him, according to some, but I think I'm in a good spot here. I know at um, second base here. Let's see where I have Abrams ranked. I have Abrams actually ranked as my number five second baseman. Uh, I think it's a de- good debate between him and Nico Horner, to be honest with you, for that five, six spot. Because at my second base, obviously, we got Mookie, Simeon, Albies, and Altuve. I think that's the upper echelon. But I don't see any reason that Abrams really couldn't crack that threshold next year. Just, you know, the RBIs might not be great, especially hitting first on the Nationals team. But he's not going to bury you there either. I really like the how good this kid C.J. Abrams can be and technically already is. Let's move on to another player from the Nationals that kind of surpassed expectations. Let's talk about Lane Thomas. Now, Lane Thomas was somebody who maybe a couple years back people were high on. I think coming into this year, the fatigue really set in with Lane Thomas. But you know what? If you bought in and you were still a believer in Lane Thomas, a pretty good season for him at twenty, uh, age 27. 156 games for Lane Thomas, 628 at-bats, 101 runs, 36 doubles, 3 triples, 28 homers, 86 RBIs, 20 steals, and a 268 batting average. Now, honestly, super, super impressive season out of Lane Thomas. And I hope he can upkeep, you know, playing at this level. I'm not 100% sure if, you know, he we're going to see a, a, an exact repeat of this. But always been mm, decent in the miters. I like the 2018 season where he went 27 and 17 with 80 plus runs and RBIs, and he hit 264. Uh, then in the minors in 2021, he only played 33 games, but he had five homers, three steals, and a 278 batting average. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where Lane Thomas slots in uh, next year as far as the outfield ranking goes. I have him in mind at uh 29 i could i could see it. it it's tough to see him moving up too far just because the 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 team around him even though he did have 101 runs and 86 rbis uh it's it's just really going to be interesting with him i don't i if i can get him as my third outfielder i'm loving it my second outfielder sometimes that's a i think going to be a little bit tough for me even though outfield is not super deep I, I I think Lane Thomas is going to be decent, though. I, I think we should draft him if we can get good value on him. I just kind of want to see where the rest of the industry and everybody else is ranking him. But uh, I definitely think outfielder three is where I'd be aiming to get Lane Thomas if we're talking about next year. Let's keep things pushing, though. Let's talk about Mr. Joey Manessis, who my brother Matt gave him um, a great nickname this offseason when he was playing for Team Mexico in the World Baseball Classic. He was calling him the Breakfast Burrito, and I I absolutely loved that nickname. I thought it was awesome. Uh, But Joey Manessis really just came out of nowhere at 30 years old last year and had a pretty strong showing in 56 games. He had 33 runs, 14 doubles, 13 home runs, 34 RBIs, and a two uh, 324 batting average. That was last year for Manessas. It's just weird that he played uh, almost 198 more games 
and hit the same amount of home runs. So I'm I'm just kind of trying to figure out where that power went. He did have 36 doubles this year, so maybe a few of those just didn't get over the fence the way he wanted them to. But 71 runs and 89 RBIs and the 275 batting average is pretty strong for Mr. Manessis. Uh, I like the upside. I, I I was having a struggle ranking him too. These Nationals guys are really weird because the team wasn't very good, but some of these guys put up really good counting stats. I have Manessis at 55 right now at outfield. I'm not sure if that's where he's going to stay. I could see him moving up a little bit because the pro the batting profile is pretty strong. He's a guy that can get the bat to the ball, hit it where they're not. Honestly, every year since 2016, he's hit at least – uh, 275 once again was his low mark this year, but that's the majors. But if we're talking about the minors, 2016, 290, 2017, 292, 2018, 311, and 2021 in the minors, he hit 284. And then even last year in the minors before he got the call, 286. So the batting average is definitely believable. I would like to see if Manessas can tap into a little bit more power, but definitely a guy that's going to wind up on rosters next year. I wouldn't invest a super high draft pick in him, but Manessas is definitely somebody that. You know, you you could you could take a chance on him, and I don't think he's going to kill you. But guys, real quick before we get into you know the, their catcher, um, a young prospect hitter that didn't really live up to the hype, and then we'll get into some pitching for you. And if you hang on all the way to the end, I do have a surprise for you guys, a surprise player that is. But real quick before that, I need to talk to you about one of today's sponsors. Guys, the weather is getting cooler, and that means it's time to stock your closet with winter clothes. With Ibotta, you can get cash back on winter coats, hats, gloves, scarves, and more for the whole family. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from personal, from produce to personal care and pantry goods. So you can make sure you're purchasing, or you can make sure you're benefiting, you can make sure you're beating inflation. <laughs> no matter what you're purchasing, either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $100 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, or you could use it to earn cash back for that flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, or that fancy dinner you've been craving. Download the Ibotta app now and use the code MLB to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store, Google Play Store, and download the free Ibotta app and use the code MLB. Once again, guys, that's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use that code MLB. All right, guys, and we're back. Let's uh, keep things pushing here, as I was talking about. And let's talk about their catcher. Let's talk about Kybert Ruiz. Honestly, Ruiz had a, a pretty decent season from a catcher perspective anyway. Uh, I really think there's a lot of upside here with Ruiz. He was a very, very good player in the minors. And let's talk about those stats from this year in the majors as a 24-year-old for Ruiz, right? Played 136 games, 523 at-bats. 55 runs, he had 24 doubles, 18 homers, 67 RBIs with a 260 batting average. So once again, those numbers are pretty solid at catcher. He wasn't really blowing you away, but he kept you competitive in that position all year long. I have Ruiz as my number 12 catcher going into next year. 
And like I said, there's there's really batting average upside here. Um, here he's always been a good batting average guy in the minors, uh, especially with the Dodgers system before he came over to the Nationals. And even then, he's got a little bit of power. The counting stats just really depend on this Nationals team. Honestly, if they're able to go out there, maybe get you know a nice little free agent bat, add a pitcher here or there. Uh, they could be decent. I don't think they're really going to contend in that division. It's a very tough division to contend in. But honestly, I think they could be a little bit better next year. And Ruiz is one of those guys that's really going to have to take that next step for them to be super competitive. You know, at 24 years old, he's been around um, in, in baseball since he's um, 16 at 2015. So, you know, the guy's been around the block. And honestly, I, I really like the upside here with Ruiz. But let me not – um. Keep talking about him and let's keep things pushing. We have to take a little bit. We're starting to get into that more disappointing turn here with the Nationals. And let's talk about Carter Keyboom, right? Carter Keyboom, you probably heard the name before if you've played fantasy. If you're like Dom, why are you talking about this guy? Who is he? He's actually a guy that had a lot of hype coming up through the minor leagues with the Nationals, right? He had some pretty strong seasons from 2017 to 2019 in the minors, showed off a little bit of pop, showed off some batting average. And then when he got called up in 2019, Carter Keeboom, he, he only played 11 games, but he hit 128 over that time, only had five hits through 39 at-bats. Then in 2020, kind of just disappointed again in 33 games. He only had 20 hits in 99 at-bats, uh, for good for a 202 batting average, and just kind of really lost a lot of the hype that was behind him. And then uh, followed up with a 2021 in the major 62 games, uh, hit 207. And then this year, once again, they ran him out there for another 27 games, and he just really has done nothing. He's going to be 26 years or his year 26 season next year. And it, it's just it's just tough to, to envision much hype or bounce back here. He hasn't really shown anything in the majors. So just a guy that I'm really going to be out on. I'm not taking a risk on him in any other leagues. There's a lot of other, you know, directions you could shoot your dart in. I just don't think Carter Keyboom really, really has that um potential that we once thought he did, right? So let's keep things pushing here. Let's talk about um, let's get into the starting pitching staff. Let's talk about Josiah Gray. Josiah Gray is such a interesting, interesting player. He's got the frame, he's 6'1, 210. He's got some strong stuff. Uh, it's just it's just really an, it's been an interesting year for him, right? He, at points we thought he was good, then he was bad, and then he was good again, he's bad again. But Josiah Gray, his um, age 25 season, he had eight wins, 13 losses, a 391 ERA, 30 starts, 159 innings, 143 strikeouts, uh, 494 FIP, which is fielding independent pitching. It's an ERA indicator. And he had a 145 whip. So it, it's just really, really, really tough here with Josiah Gray. You know, the kid's got the stuff. He's just really got to figure it out. And honestly, I'm getting to that point where I don't know how much I want to draft him next year. And it's probably going to sound like that for a lot of the other players we talk about today. Uh, as I mentioned, it's just tough with these Washington Nationals, uh, especially when it comes to the pitching side of things. I don't have Josiah Gray in my top 75 pitchers going into next year. So... Once again, guys, I'd, I'd probably shoot my dart in other directions, man. Uh, you know, pitching, 
I talked about there really are those guys. We talked about how late we were getting Scooble last year. We talked about how late we were getting guys like James Paxton that was good for the most of this year. There was just so many directions that you could have went in with starting pitching, and it worked out. And I know it's always a crapshoot, but if you stick with me and Matt here at Locked on Fantasy Baseball throughout the offseason, we're going to do a, a lot of rankings episodes, and we're going to deep dive into the pitcher stuff and help you identify who those really good late-round starting pitchers are going to be to target. But honestly, Josiah Gray, I just don't see him as one of those guys. He gives up a lot of home runs. He walks a lot of guys. So I just and he's he's not he wasn't even a K per nine guy this year, which was something that we thought he was going to be better at. So I'm I'm just staying away from Josiah Gray, man. It, I, I really can't trust him. Let's keep things pushing here. Let's talk about another starting pitcher, and it's Mackenzie Gore, somebody who actually started off the year like a house on fire. He's the big six foot two, 192 pound lefty. And he was actually the third overall pick back in 2017 by the San Diego Padres. And just a guy that's really never lived up to the hype. So when we did see him pitching as good as he did at the beginning of this season, I know Matt and I specifically really thought that Mackenzie Gore had had figured it out. He had looked so much better and he kind of just really fell off. Uh, I'm pulling up those splits here for you guys. So through the first half of the year, actually the first half isn't even the way to look at this because the first half overall was not uh, fantastic there for Mr. Gore. So let's see if we could break it down by month here and uh, talk about it that way. If my computer ever wants to work with me. Yeah. So it was really just, I guess, a strong April slash March for Gore, where he went three and one with a three ERA, 27 innings pitched. He had 35 strikeouts over that time and a little bit over a one whip. That's where we really thought he was going to be good. The strikeouts look good. The oh, it's, it's I was actually a one two nine whip in uh, April slash March. I'm sorry about that. Let me uh, get my facts straight here. The whip wasn't fantastic, but it kind of really just did look like he looked better. The runs weren't being given up. The stuff is good, as we all know with Gordon. If you don't know, as I mentioned, he was a very very top prospect for a reason. And man, I honestly just really really had the faith, but then just. May 406 ERA with a 151 whip in June, a 455 ERA with a 141 whip. And uh, he was, he just wasn't really getting it that that K per nine went down uh, at 27 innings, 30 strikeouts. Uh, then in July was pretty much his worst month of the year. We had a 664 ERA, 20 innings, only 20 strikeouts with a 162 whip. So anyone that held on to Mackenzie Gordon really thought that he figured it out and looked good, kind of got bit in the butt by that one. But uh, another guy I just don't have in my top 75 for next year starting pitcher rankings. I just, I just don't really buy it i don't i don't think he's gonna figure it out but i truly do hope the best because he does have really really good stuff and before we move on and talk about you know a, a few more washington nationals players i do have to talk to you guys about another sponsor and guys that sponsor is FanDuel. right get ready for the NFL season, 
with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now, guys, that is a great offer if you need to get out there and watch you some football. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads, player props, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, guys, we're going to keep things pushing here. We're going to move into the closure department, and we're going to talk about Kyle Finnegan. Kyle Finnegan was actually pretty pretty good this year. He was useful. He was useful last year. Kyle Finnegan this year had seven wins, five losses, a 3.76 ERA. Across 67 games, he had 28 saves, 69 innings, 63 Ks, and a 1.29 whip. Now, was he absolutely phenomenal? By no means, but he was good enough to roster on your team as a closer for fantasy baseball this season. The ERA was was decent. The the K per nine was uh, almost there. You know he did have the, he did have the K per nine last year when he saved uh, eleven games for the Nationals and had the three five one ERA. He was a little worse uh, this year, but he gave you you know seventeen more saves than he did last year. So Kyle Finnegan, just a guy. If if he has that closers role, you know, like he did uh, this year, most of last year, and the year before, I honestly think he'll be useful again. I haven't. Well, I I did do a little bit of work on my closer rankings. I'll tell you where I have him going into next year at twenty three. So you know, if you have him as your your second closer, hopefully your third closer, it, it's not the worst thing in the world for Kyle Finnegan. So you can go out there and you could take him next year, and I think he'll be serviceable, but I'm not targeting him too early. I'm not a guy who usually goes too, too high on closers. I know in some of these leagues, like the NFBC or, you know, like the draft and hold stuff where, you know, you can't really make any moves or, you know, you don't really have a bench. I'm an advocate of going out there and getting, you know, uh, probably it's usually not the closer one or or two because they're going way too high. But, you know, I'll, I'll give you my top, like, ten closers for next year. Devin Williams, Hayter, Felix Batista, uh, Alexis Diaz, Class A, Munoz, Duvall, Duran, Romano, uh, Kimbrell. I honestly think Duran's going to have great value next year. I've got, like, Paul Seawold for the Diamondbacks. If he's closing, is going to have great value next year. Um Guys like that, even a Clay Holmes, if he's still closing for the Yankees next year, I honestly think you could, you know, wait a little bit later, get a guy like that, and then pair him potentially with a guy like Finnegan. And if you can get another one, uh, another closer late in the draft, you you could work with something like that. It's just I honestly always think it's a little too rich for my blood to be drafting a closer in the third, fourth round when I could be loading up on bats because there always just seems to be more of a deficiency in bats than closers. Uh, let's move on to a top prospect here, right? Let's talk about the Nationals, you know, some of that farm system. You know, Abrams was a guy that came over in that Juan Soto trade. Uh, let's talk about another guy that came over in that Juan Soto trade, and it's James Wood. James Wood is 6'6", 240 of that, you know, Aaron Judge-type mold. Uh, he had a very strong season in the minors this year. 
He had 473 at-bats, 80 runs, 26 homers, 91 RBIs, 18 steals, and a 262 batting average. Now, this guy is just, you know, a, a mountain of a man, and he could hit the ball hard. He could hit it far. He steals some bases. Honestly, I, I really, really think that James Wood is, is somebody that potentially gets the call next year. And if he does, man, he's a guy you're going to want to pick up right away and just really rock out with. He is currently the number seven prospect in all of baseball. And I think he's going to live up to the hype. He's a guy that, honestly, as soon as I hear he's getting called up, I'm really, really going to want to just hop on him and make sure I pick him up. That's why we wanted to get the name James Wood in today. Uh, I just really think he's going to be a scary threat for a long time in that uh, Nationals lineup. I, I think I mentioned that he's a lefty, and I don't know how I always get um, caught up with talking about these lefties, right? Uh, so James Wood, we're going to talk about his um, prospect grades. He's a 60-grade power on that 40 to 80 scale that uh, the minor leagues uses. His run is a 60 as well. Uh, he's got a 55 hit tool. He's an overall 60. You don't really see a lot of guys that you know really, really do this. I honestly think James Wood is a name that we need to know going into next year. So if he gets called up, you you know to pick him up right away. So before we head on and wrap things up, guys, I, I wanted to just kind of get into some other players here from the Nationals roster. Uh, you know, it, it's just it's such a bad year. You know, Patrick Corbin's really at the end of his career. He really didn't do much. Uh, the bullpen wasn't really that great. We could talk about guys like, um, you know, Dominic Smith and Luis Garcia, Luis Garcia is another guy that kind of just had had a lot of hype around him in his career, and he just never really has lived up to that hype. Uh, he he did hit he did hit two sixty six this year in the majors, uh, but over four hundred eighty two at bats. The numbers just really weren't blowing me away. He had sixty one runs, fifty RBIs. Uh, he he just really wasn't getting it done with the even the nine steals from Luis Garcia. Just kind of a disappointing season there. Uh, Dom Smith looked good at points, if I remember correctly, but just another guy, you know, former Met who just never really panned out the way we th we thought he was going to. With um uh, a two fifty four average this year, twelve. Homers, 57 runs, 46 RBIs. That was in 153 games and 586 at-bats. So that's pretty much a full year right there. And Dominic Smith didn't impress too much. It's really, really hard to like talk about this roster and have a lot of faith. Uh, going into next year, as I said, it's just a tough, tough division to compete in for the Washington Nationals. I, I can understand why... They they did you know finish seventy one and ninety one. So if if I had to break down this team and and even the the Marlins were a playoff team this year, the Mets are are going to look to bounce back strong next year. The Phillies and Braves are about to play each other in the next round of the playoffs here. But if I'm the Nationals GM right and I'm looking at this roster, I want to build around C.J. Abrams. Lane Thomas is still twenty eight. He's got a few years left. Uh, Kiebert Ruiz is twenty five. So maybe you look to move a guy like a Manessis and uh, Dom Smith and kind of just see 
uh, what you could do here on the market. Their minor league system is all right. They got a, a couple of other good players down there besides James Wood. You could try and pack, uh, package them up and see what you can get. Uh, you're probably not getting anything for Patrick Corbin here at the end of his career. But I'll, I would keep Josiah Gray. I think he could be a serviceable number, a low-end three, high-end four starting pitcher. You know, Kyle Finnegan's getting a little up there at 32 years old. If he gets off to a, a good season here, maybe you look to, you know, get rid of him. Uh, maybe Victor Robles will be able to come back healthy at some point. He's still only 26 Maybe he can contribute out there. It, it's been a fiasco with Steven Strasburg. I don't know if you guys have been up on that uh, information, but we all know since he uh, won the World Series with them, uh, he hasn't been the same guy ever since. So there's speculation with Strasburg that, you know, that he said that that was it. He's done. He's retiring. Something along the lines of that. Then the Nationals were mad that they, that conversation got leaked out. They said it was misinterpreted that Strasburg is going to try and be ready for spring training next year. Absolutely no way. Uh, at all, I'm taking a shot on him. As I mentioned, he's 35 and hasn't been healthy in, in years with Strasburg. So that's just not a way that I'm looking either. You know, let's talk about, uh, you know, Jeter Downs is somebody who can come up and make an impact uh, potentially if he gets called up next year. I, I don't know how close he is. Uh, Nomar Mazzara is somehow still floating around. A uh, former Texas Rangers player at 20 years old. He's floating around in their, in their minor league system. So there's just a lot of improvements they have to make. As I mentioned, if I'm the GM, I'm probably looking to, you know, add a free agent. If I could, if I was really going to win, add a free agent bat, stick them in that lineup, make a couple of trades, try and get you, you know, uh, one of these uh, young starting pitchers, maybe even somebody in the minors, but it's going to be rough. I really don't see this team being competitive at all within the next uh, two, three years, unless they do something drastic. But once again, when you play in a division with the Braves, the Phillies, the Marlins, who are looking better, and that Mets team, it's just going to be really tough. The National League was super competitive this year. Uh, the Cubs are up and coming. The Reds are up and coming. That's why even like a team like the Cardinals didn't fare as well. And you got the, the Diamondbacks with Corbin Carroll and crew. So just for the Washington Nationals, disappointing 2023. I'm not really counting on 2024 to be much better. Uh, you know, ever since they let that, that World Series team go with, with Turner and Harper and, and all of – oh, no, Harper wasn't on the team. He actually moved the year before. It wasn't Harper. It was Soto I was thinking of. And it's, it's just I, – I really don't see it happening there. But, guys, that's enough of me yapping, just trying to, you know – fill some time here talking about these nationals so that's all for me today please be sure to like subscribe comment rate and review and thank you to our everydayers and new listeners for making locked on fantasy baseball your first listen each and every day please be sure to look out for a new episode that will drop on either monday or tuesday i think that one's going to drop on tuesday not sure what team we're going to talk about yet but real quick um just before, if you're still here that probably means you're a big fan of ours so if just if you want to give us that five star rating on Apple or Spotify, once again, we can, you know, give you that opportunity to join our listener league for next year. I know I won about three championships this year. Well, it was exactly three. I know Matt took at least one. So we want to make sure that you guys are, you know, can see how Matt and I play the game and give you those tips and pointers. So if you do uh, fill out that rating for us, take a screenshot of it, send it to us on Instagram, Twitter, or fantasymds at gmail.com, and you'll have the chance to join that cover to listen to for next year. But, guys, until next time, see you.